Well, you're in for a treat. I've been telling you and yelling at you and preaching for weeks that Mr. Mark Spencer is going to be here. I told you he was going to be here in March, and he didn't come because he had some, uh, unfortunately, his mother had passed away, and, and things like that came along, and he was unable to be with us. But now he's here. So I'm so glad that he's here. Uh, Mark has become a friend very quickly of mine. Turns out we have connections through Clem Ferris, who is one of our overseers. We also have some historical connections. Some of you will remember Stu Schultz being here in 2005. A few of you may remember that. Uh, Mark's a good friend of Stu's. And as Mark and I have connected this last year, he's been such a blessing. He's got a unique gift, uh, skill set, and, and gifting, and has really ministered to me and my family and the elders here and walked with us through some challenging times. So we really appreciate Mark. Uh, I would give you all his credentials, but I'd be up here for the next hour. So will you just take my word for it and give a warm Montana welcome to Mr. Mark Spencer. Thank you, JR. So good to be here, you guys. First time in Montana. Yeah, I know. So I originally was going to fly, and I felt like the Lord told me to drive. And, and then when I got here, JNR, JR and I were talking about North Dakota jokes. And uh, I was like, yeah, I kind of experienced a North Dakota joke. Because drove through Minnesota, the weather was fine, hit North Dakota, and it started to rain. And then it really started to pour, like pour. And I'm thinking, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this state. And then lo and behold, I come to the... The border of uh, North Dakota and Montana, no rain. <laughs> Even a little bit of sunshine, baby. And I'm like, yeah, I like this. It's great. So good. JR and I met online, you know, and have been conversing on Zooms. But it's so good to see, like, real living people. I've spent time with JR and his family and Jason and his family and met some of the elders and had a chance to shake hands and say hi to some people last service. So it's just been a joy to be here. I'm, I'm really grateful. And I've been asking the Lord for some time about, Lord, if you're sending me here, how, how can I be a part of what you're doing? And how, what, can I, what can I offer to them that might encourage them? And I, the thing that the Lord put on my heart clearly was that he wanted to impart to you some keys to discovering unwavering strength. In a time and in a season and in a world that just keeps changing up and down and all around. I mean, you can just look at the crazy COVID thing and go, oh, I don't even want to talk about it. But there's so many different things that are going on in our world. But then just part of life is change, isn't it? Because we have students that will graduate and they're going to leave, you know, their kind of known experience over here and go into a known unknown experience over here, college or work or whatever it is. And, and I know as a parent of five kids that just when I felt like I was starting to get really good in the baby stage, they become toddlers. And then you get kind of good at toddlers and just do the no, no, no with the two-year-old, you know, the head bob no. And then all of a sudden, they know, they're going off to school and then they become teenagers and then they become young adults. And I think, Wow. And if that's not enough, look what happened to me. I mean, I used to have hair. <laughs> used to be a skinny marathon runner. Gosh, things change. And because of that, the reality is that we love our known zone. That center known zone, that's our comfort zone. That's, it's, and it's not all bad. It's, it's good to have 
known. It's good to know where you put your car keys. Can I get an amen? Otherwise, you quickly go to the distress zone, that outdoor, that red one. But all of life is inviting us into the unknown. That's why the righteous will live by faith. We have to live by faith. We have to trust the God who does not change to lead us through today's change. Because tomorrow could be a whole other experience. And you know what it's like. I mean, one day you're in an up mood. The next day you're fighting your mood. Or if it's not that, maybe your spouses or your co-workers or your bosses. Everything all the time shifting and changing. And in the midst of it, you hear this verse in Proverbs. It says, if you falter in times of trouble, and you could translate, if you falter in times of flux, the change times, how small is your strength? And that's not God talking smack to us. That's God giving us a dose of truth and reality that we need that, listen, it's going to change. Everything's going to change. And this is why it's so important that you know, I don't change ever, never. I'm solid. I'm true. I'm sure. I'm faithful. I'm immovable, unchangeable, always present. I'm with you. And so to help us to understand that, God's given this owner's manual. And in the owner's manual, it's a whole bunch of stories of people that face challenge and change. You know, Charlotte Rose sounds like she's going to be like, strap it up, people, hang on. (laughs) So you're going to need to have this unwavering strength. And I want to look this morning at one particular story of an everyday Joe kind of guy that stood in a time of great flux and change. So open your Bibles with me to Daniel. And as you do, I want you to think about this scenario that we find our friend Daniel. His world is absolutely flipped upside down. Babylon has come in and taken over Israel and just flipped her over on her head. And we can kind of get a picture of this. You look at what's going on in the Ukraine and that war over there, and it's terrible. I mean, in an instant, all of a sudden, you're invaded, and it's changed. And everything that used to be normal is abnormal, and the known is unknown, unfamiliar, unsafe, unreal. And we face similar things, maybe not on the same grand scale, but all of us could use some encouragement from Daniel on, okay, how, how did you walk through a time of so much change and turbulence? What was it you did or didn't do that could help us today? And I'm going to give you a handful of practices that Daniel engaged in. But I'm, I'm going to ask you to listen for the one thing, the one thing that God is speaking to your heart today. And I want to pray for that right now if you would join me. Would you pray? Lord, I'm so grateful that you walk with us step by step. Amazing that you're a three mile an hour God. Not in a hurry. You don't throw a task list to us and say, get it all done by tomorrow. You invite us to walk step by step. So I pray for me and I pray for my friends that you would speak really clearly to our hearts and that we would know with real clarity and assurance what it is, God, that you want to have us focus on today in Jesus' name. Amen. As you open the book, you see 
the first and key and foundational principle to really knowing an unwavering strength. The verse says this, but Daniel resolved not to defile himself with royal food and wine and dark chocolate. I add dark chocolate because that's like one of my weaknesses, but you can kind of tell. But as we open the story, you see, this is Daniel. His world is changing. And then he says, but this is not going to change. This is not going to move. I'm not giving up this. All that over there, my change, this right here stays. I'm resolving. I'm driving a stake. I'm drawing a line. And when we notice the challenges and the changes and the seasons of our life transitioning, we need to make a new resolve. I was telling the first service that um, when we were raising kids, we had the senior pastor's older daughters would be our babysitters. And April's the oldest, and she was getting ready to go into high school. And she was babysitting for us one night. And then when I was driving her home, she said, Pastor Mark, I... I'm nervous about high school. I said, well, April, what is it that you're nervous about? She said, I I just, I don't know. I don't know what my faith is going to look like there. I don't know how I'm going to walk through this. It's it's so much unknown. So when he pulled in the driveway, I said, well, April, let me pray with you. So we prayed. And then um, when we got done praying, I said, I know this. You need to resolve in your heart that you are going to walk with Jesus. Determine it. Drive down in a fresh way that I am going to walk through this four years with Jesus. And then we prayed again. Wouldn't you know it, a few weeks later, April was at a mall. She had gone with a bunch of people from her cross-country team, and they were going to watch a movie. And so, you know, just like when you're a freshman, you say, hey, we're going to go watch a movie, a whole group of us. And parents say, well, what movie are you going to watch? And so she said, this is the movie we're going to go see. And then they wound up at the mall. All these girls. And the ringleader of the girls decided that she wanted to watch this other movie, which was a little bit out of their age range, if you get my drift. And April knew, "Uh uh-oh, this is that moment. And all the other girls were kind of making their way over there. And and April just kind of stood her ground in the moment. And then he kind of looked and said, April, aren't you coming? And she goes, you know what? I'm not going to come. Oh, why? Well, because I told my parents that I was going to watch this movie. And so I, I, no, I'm not going to do it. But why would you do that? Your parents won't even know. You know what she said? She said, I know, but Jesus will. And that was a moment. You could just feel it. Jesus. Yes, Jesus. And I loved her answer because she said, you know what? This is the deal, you guys. The thing I hear from so many people is Christians are such hypocrites. I don't want to be one. I said this, I'm going to do this. And it's okay, you guys. I'm just, I'll call my parents and they'll come pick me up. And then they kind of shuffled and it was a Holy Ghost moment in that. And the ringleader says, well, April, we want to hang out with you. And April says, well, come over to my house. So they changed their plans. They all went over to Pastor Jim McCracken's house and played games and had popcorn and laughed and talked. Wouldn't you know it, that became the seed moment for three of those girls to give their life to Jesus. All because this little 14-year-old said, I'm going to stand. I'm resolved. I'm I'm not going to move on this. I'm not going to play the game of, well, I told them one thing. You see, 
What Daniel discovers and what April discovered is when you stand with the Lord, he stands with you. God caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. That's why the Lord says, walk with me, work with me, stay with me. In order to do that, there has to be resolve. In every moment of flux and change, resolve. A new renewed devotion to, Lord, I'm going with you. There was a man who um, was martyred for his faith in Zimbabwe. And when they found his Bible, they found a part of his journal. And I love what he wrote down. And you can hear the resolve in this man's heart. Listen to this. Buckle up. It's so profound. He writes, I'm part of the fellowship of the unashamed. The die has been cast. I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I'm a disciple of his. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. The past is redeemed. My present is his. My future is secure. I'm done and finished with low living. Sight walking, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tame visions, mundane talking, cheap living, and dwarf goals. I live by faith, lean on his presence, walk by his patience, lift by prayer, labor by, labor by the Holy Spirit. My face is set. My gate is fast. My goal is heaven. My road may be narrow. My way might be rough. But my God, my guide is reliable and my mission is clear. I will not be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice or hesitate in the presence of the adversary. I will not negotiate at the table of the enemy, ponder at the pool of popularity or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, shut up. Or let up until I've stayed up, stored up, prayed up, and preached up for the cause of Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus. I must give until I drop, preach until all I know, work until he comes. And when he comes, he'll have no problems recognizing me. Come on, people. Huh? That is a declaration. That's what it looks like, sounds like, feels like to drive a deep stake in the ground to say, I'm resolving. I'm going to walk through this change and challenge with you. What follows are some more pieces for us to tap, to, tap into. Verse 17 says this, To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. What you see in this is two more things that... Daniel and company really tap into it in order to experience unchanging, unwavering strength. The first is they work together. Man, I don't know about you guys, but I am seeing the church right now get shredded. People just getting scattered. I work with all kinds of churches in all kinds of different locations in the country with all kinds of different kind of denominational backgrounds, and I see it across the board. What is happening People are running around with like their, their heads are cut off. And when they're doing that, they're creating for themselves an isolation that's so dangerous. Peter the Apostle says that your adversary walks around roaring like a lion. Do you know how lions hunt? They get those big male king kind of lions 
to make a funnel out there in the field around these grazing gazelles or whatever that is because the big lions have an incredibly loud and powerful and scary roar. Right, JR? You've heard it. And then they have the females get ready because they're going to do the hunting. They're going to run them down and attack them because they know they got to feed the family. And so what happens is these big guys start to roar. When they roar, the gazelles get scared and they start running around. And as they're running around, you start to find out which are the ones that are weaker, which are the ones that are isolated. When they're isolated, guess who's coming to dinner? And Peter says, don't isolate yourself. Don't hide yourself. Resolve to work together. Not any of us are as strong as all of us. And we have to think about who God is sending to you and who God is sending you to. So I use this little tic-tac-toe board and I put you in the center square and all those little uh, windows that are surrounding there are places where you can write down the name of someone that you have a growing relationship. Someone who asks you when you see them here on a Sunday, they'll say, hey, Johnny, how you doing? Johnny just started paying attention. I'm kidding him. <laughs> and, and so, and then so, yeah, and then Johnny knows. He knows when I'm looking at him, I really want him to answer and tell me how he's doing. How are you doing? Who here in this room comes up and says, how are you doing? Looks at you, waits for you, knows you. Who here in this room will call and check on you? Who can you call? Two o'clock in the morning when you're struggling. When you don't know what to do. Start now to develop the relationships you need. Ask the Lord now, Lord, Who are you sending to me? And who are you sending me to? Because the Holy Spirit wants to arrange the body of Christ, fit the body of Christ. Draw your little tic-tac-toe board and start to pray. If you don't know, pray. Once they're resolved and they've got their team put together, what they really want to devote themselves to do is a third and important principle, to let God guide. Let the Lord guide you. Lord, what are you saying to us? How do you want us to respond? We need his wisdom and understanding. He's the one that has a clear path through the confusing fog of change. He knows the end from the beginning. In fact, not only does he know the end from the beginning, but he is weaving all things together for his end. He works all things together for your your good. He's working. Let them guide. We live in a world where everybody's telling, you know, just do what you want to do or listen to what you want to listen to. But we are called to be guided by the Spirit of God. And one of the key markers of a maturing Christian is it's easy to steer you. It's real easy. If you read through just a casual glance of the Gospels, you will see that over half of Jesus' ministry moments flow out of interruptions. He was easy to steer. Not a problem. And so Daniel and company, they are resolving that we are going to stay together and we're going to stay with God. Those things are so foundational to these other elements. This fourth one, pray through, I I want to skip that scripture and come back to it. 
because when you're there and you've got your people together and you're facing this change and you're asking God, sometimes we'll ask God and it's like, well, I'm not hearing anything. I'm not, I'm not sure what God is saying. I, I don't know what to do. Maybe I'm the only one that ever experiences that. Am I the only one that ever does? It's like, Lord, I don't really know what to do. And what we need to realize is that we, it's, it's important to pray, but it's more important to pray through. When you're asking, when you're knocking, you're expecting to seek and to find. You're expecting to knock and it will be opened. That's praying through. And so what you see with Daniel, they're in a, they're in a pickle. This king has had a dream and he's put out the challenge to all of his counselors. Not only do I want you to interpret the dream, I want you first to tell me what the dream was. And you know what? He's an ornery king. And if he can't find anybody who can do it, he's killing them all. And so they're in this tight spot and they begin to seek the Lord and they know we've got to keep asking and knocking until we start to get to know what we can only know through the God who knows all things. And as we do this, we have to realize that not only are we engaging the unknown, we're also engaging a spiritual battle. There's someone out there who doesn't want you to know. Is that a newsflash? Satan literally means opposer. He doesn't want you to know. And so what you see in Daniel's experience of praying through is this first, this experience where some people say it's an angel. Some people say it's an appearance of the Lord. But this is what happens. Whoever it is says to Daniel, do not be afraid. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come in response. He hears the prayer, comes in response. But look at, look at what happens next. He explains See, there was the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. It was 21 days that Daniel was praying and fasting. He kept knocking because he hadn't heard. He kept pushing because he hadn't gotten through. He kept working and working and working and heaven was working towards him. And then the messenger says, one of the chief princes, Michael, came to help me. And now I've come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future. He had prayed through. He had broke through. But he had resolved to do that. You might be in a situation here today. In fact, even as I say this, I think there's a couple of people sitting here today that are stuck. I don't know what to do. Pray through. Keep knocking. Knock till it's open. Seek till you find. It's so incredibly important. And as Daniel, back in the other situation, is praying and asking, God gives. He breaks through. He gets the vision. He knows. Ah, this is that. He breaks through. And as he does, and he has a breakthrough moment, he does something that's so important to staying strong in the Lord. He responds with praise. He gets his praise on. So oftentimes we hear from the Lord and we're a little bit like those 10 lepers, uh, the nine of the 10, where we just keep walking. We're thankful we got what we asked for. But turn around and praise. Lift up his name and say, thank you, Lord. His immediate response is an incredible worship song. 
Listen to what he says. Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings. He gives wisdom to the wise. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness. I thank you and praise you, God of my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power. He gets his praise on. He gives thanks. And we need to resolve to praise always. There's two times to praise. Before the breakthrough and after. Or as Robert Ewing used to say, two times to praise when you feel like it and when you, do, and, and when you don't. Get your praise on. When you praise and connect with God in that way, you're harnessing and you're, you're yoking yourself to a strength that's beyond yours. But now might be the biggest challenge. If we're going to walk with unwavering strength and be difference makers in our world, what we need to do after we've prayed and we praised and we stayed together and we resolved to let God guide us, we need to walk it out. We need to actually do what it is that God has shown us to do. Think about this, you guys. What if Moses just goes back to Zipporah the day after the, the burning bush experience and he said, you wouldn't believe what happened to me at work yesterday. I had this weird burning bush experience. The bush talked to me, told me to take my shoes off. But then he doesn't respond. He just goes back to his same old, same old shepherding. What if Abram... When he, when he hears God that they're supposed to go to a city that he will yet show him, goes home and puts his lunchbox down on the kitchen table and Sarah says, how is work today? Because it's kind of interesting. I heard this voice telling that we're supposed to move. Oh, well. Oh, well. Or the disciples, here, come follow me and I'll make you. And they go, oh, that really sounds like a good deal. Maybe Later. You see, when God shows you something, it's the invitation to step into it, to, to walk into it, which takes resolve. Look what Daniel does. This is amazing, the courage of Daniel. Then Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to execute the wise men of Babylon, and also Daniel and company. And he says to him, listen to the declaration, do not execute the wise men of Babylon. Take me to the king, and I will interpret his dream." Game on. I'm walking in, head up. I'm strong. My heart's sure. My faith is, is stable. And I'm going to walk into this situation. And Daniel goes in, and the king asks him, he says, are you able to make known to me the dream? And Daniel answers the king and says, no wise men, astrologers or enchanters, can show the king the mystery. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. And he unpacks the dream. He walks it out. As a result, people are saved and the king's impressed and the kingdom advances in that moment. But he couldn't do that if he didn't have resolve. He couldn't do that if he didn't have a team. He couldn't do that if he didn't let God guide him and break through. And God's praise on. He's got a heart full 
And lastly, these things happen because we have a certain kind of glasses we wear. We look at the world through his word. Not through what the media is telling us, not what you see on YouTube, not what you see in the paper, not what you hear on the street corner, but you open up the living and active, eternally true word of God that comes to us to direct our steps and to be a light onto our path and to help us to see how he sees. Daniel looks at his situation and this is what it says. It says, Daniel understood from the scriptures, according to the word of the Lord, given to Jeremiah the prophet, that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. He's getting these revelations and these understandings that are coincided with what Jeremiah has prophesied because he's in the word and he sees his world through the word of God. Resolve, people of God, to read the book of God so that you can learn the way of God. If you're in a place where you're unsure, unclear, it's unseen, one of the best places to start is to take that uncertainty to the word. What does the word say about this? It's so important because when you see this next scripture, you'll see just how up-to-date the Bible is. This is what Daniel says. Talking about the enemy. He shall speak words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints. Wear them out. Tucker them out. Scatter them. Fatigue them. Overwhelm them. Wouldn't you say in, in your, your networks or the people that you see or relate to, there's a great deal of fatigue. People are tired. After what we were through with crazy COVID, and we're hoping we're through. It's still kind of unknown. But even just that one topic, I don't want to talk about it. I'm tired of it. Tired of it. Fatigue. And there are, there's always a host of things. And the enemy, what the enemy is trying to do is to literally bring a weariness to the saints of God. But this promise comes to us. The people who know their God will display strength to take action. They will. They know a God who is unchanging. They know a God who is faithful. They know a God who has promised to never leave or forsake. They know a God who introduces himself as the way, the truth, the life. And they're sure. And they're strong. Not because of what they know, but because of who they know. It's why Paul writes in Ephesians 6, finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Good people of Helena Community Church today, you can resolve to advance his kingdom in, in deep ways by looking for who you can work together with, by learning to allow God to guide you, to pray through, to praise through, to walk through, and to only look at what's happening in your world through the lens of God. This will date me, but one of my favorite album covers is this, Underdog, Audio Adrenaline. Do I have anybody my age that like that? You know? Yeah, I, I love 
And I love, I love the, the, the cover of this underdog. I'm an underdog. I've always been an underdog. I'm an unlikely guy. I remember when I went back to my 25th high school reunion, the, the talk going back to my 25th high school reunion was we heard that Spencer had become a pastor and we got to see it with our own eyes. So everybody at the reunion would come up and they, they'd look at me and then they would kind of walk up and everybody was doing this weird kind of a tilt thing and they'd look at my name tag and they would Mark Spencer and then they would tilt the other when they go, is it really true? Is what really true? Are you really a pastor? Yes. Because I was so unlikely. I was an underdog. It's improbable. Came out of this drug addiction, this lost place. And God got a hold of me. But once he got a hold of me, he said, Mark, surround yourself with people who can help you to hear my voice and to be guided by my spirit and to have the courage to follow me. And this is the moment where the spirit of God is saying to the church, listen, the world's a mess. But my church, this is the hour I want her to stand strong, sure, full of life, full of light, standing for truth and saying, listen, you're lost out there, but we do know the way. We do know the way. And in that kind of a situation, the world will find itself like, it's like they're a lion thrown into a, a den full of Daniels. That here you are, you're a bunch of solutions just looking for a problem. Here I am, Lord, send me. But you've got to resolve and tap into the unwavering strength of the unchangeable God. Can we pray? Lord, every person in this room has someone some situation, some person, some need, something that's big, that's confusing, might be scary. You're with them. Help me and my friends to today put down a new sense of resolve. I'm going to address it with Jesus. to work together, to pray through, to praise through, to walk through, and only to see through your word. Lord, we know, we say today with a great deal of sobriety that we are your plan A, your church is your plan A, plan B, plan C, and plan Z. There is no other plan. We're it. And in order for us to walk in it, we need your unwavering strength. So we ask, in Jesus' name, guide us. Help each one of us to know, what is it, Lord, that out of this little uh, tour of Daniel, what is it that you want me to focus on and resolve to do? In Jesus' name, amen.